Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 136. I'm Melanie Benson. You are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Well, I'm so looking forward to have Melanie back on the show with her over 15 years experience in mentoring high achieving game changers. And Melanie is an optimizer and she has a gift for guiding fast paced mission driven entrepreneurs to thrive as they emerge as leaders in their business and in their industry. And to do so, you really have to set bold goals. And the beauty of it is once you do, you will do anything to move forward to achieve those goals. And even if you fail, you are better off than you are before. So today we are talking about not enrolling in other people's obstacles, which is a really, really interesting topic. And I'm really excited to dive in deep. So enjoy your next episode with Melanie Benson. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Melanie. Welcome. Thank you. Oh my God, we had so much fun on the last episode. It was so good. I know. I loved, loved, loved the challenge. I sat down and I, I took some notes. And um, I have to say it's really interesting because I, I have a couple of things that, that are just lining up, right? Mm -hmm. Where I know now I'm going to take the next step. And, you know, one of them is definitely still the lose a little bit of weight kind of thing <laughs> that... <laughs> Well, I'm not 100% committed yet, but I have a plan. <laughs> okay. so well, we're going to have to get committed together. How's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> and like, everybody who wants to join in the audience, yeah, maybe, maybe I should create a post <laughs> so people can comment on it and we can all cheer each other on. That would be kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, I love the big, bold goals topic because I feel it's so important. And you said something that made me thinking after the last interview, if you just have that goal, already thinking about the goal makes you a different person. And I find that so powerful. I've, I've never actually seen it like this. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to become the person who could actually make that goal come true or, or have that goal, whatever it is. But just thinking about it sets you off on that path. That's so true. Yeah, it's, I call it the magic of a bold goal. And I think sometimes magic is a, a word that may make people uncomfortable at times, because especially if you're very logic driven. But I believe that when you set bold goals and you allow the process to work, things that you can never plan on happen to accelerate your results. Mm. It's just like you can't know everything that's possible. You can't know all the resources that are available to you until you're all in. I love that W.H. Murray quote. It's one of my guiding principles on this planet. I was introduced to it about 23 years old when I was super miserable. And a friend of mine's like, I have to teach you how to think differently. Yeah. And um, it, it really did. It set, stayed with me forever. It's like um, once a commitment is made, providence moves too. Mm. And until then, you know, we're hesitant We're going to come up with excuses. We'll talk ourselves out of things. Just like the example I gave on the last episode about, you know, like I was a little bit hesitant on climbing this really crazy mountain towards the waterfall. And, but then when I was committed, I was all in, nothing was going to stop me. And I think that's what's missing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to, to come back to also to the sales topic, I had an episode not that long ago where I talked about sales depression. 
right? When mm-hmm. you can't even take the phone, it just, the phone feels like too big, too heavy. Fear, um, yeah. But when, once you got over it and you have had just one good conversation, it really pulls you out of that funk, right? It gives you the energy, yeah. but if you don't do it, you will never ever know. The next person could be the one being your new best client, giving you the greatest testimonial, receiving the biggest results with what you offer. And by not calling, or you mentioned in the earlier episode, by not following up, you can't make it happen. You don't give them the space to grow. So I feel it's like also kind of a responsibility kind of thing. Because it's not just your fear, right? If you're not there for them, it's it's not going to work. There's so many things wrapped up in this for me. First of all, I've been that person that has had to face my own fear of selling many times. And I love this phrase of sales depression because I've definitely fallen into it. But I realize every single time I broke through that, it was because I was willing to make a bold move. So bold goals are setting the goal. Bold moves are when you literally you do something that's terrifying and you do it because you know you have to to break free of that paralyzed state. Um, I, I hit a time, you know, probably around 2009 when I was in that paralysis again. And I, it was kind of tied into, I didn't really know who I wanted to be anymore. I was a little burned out. The things I had been doing up to that point kind of stopped working. And I had to, I had to make some bold moves. Like I had to like shake things up. And so I literally started do a campaign and I just got clarity on something and I started offering it to my community. And at first I had a lot of no's. And so it started to weigh on me. And I, here's when I had it, my biggest breakthroughs, when I, one of the per- people I was talking to, she said, oh, I just don't have the money for this. And let me tell you, I was already like, because I was in a paralyzed state, I'm like, I'll just do like break through like levels of like, like the offer is going to be the lowest thing I've ever done in my life, which I do not recommend. Do not do that ever. But she gave me a gift. She said, no, nah, it's too expensive. And I'm like, it's too expensive. Like, it's like nothing. And then I watched her six weeks later post that she had hired someone that I knew was charging like four or five times what I had offered to her. And I'm like, aha, I let her off the hook. I did not do my job as the coach and the salesperson. I did not hold space for her breakthrough. I bought into her fear. Mm. And that was such a monumental moment for me because I am a coach. I do lead with my supporting self, but I also, you know, got three or four opportunities in my career to learn the value of a sales system. If you don't have a sales system, it's very easier to let other people's obstacles become your fear. Yeah, and then I, I let that fear. Yeah. yeah, you let the fear dictate what you do next. And it's and it's not good for you and it's not good for them. Yeah. And I, I have seen that over and over, like with all the sales experience I was able to together. I, I don't remember who said that, but it was really profound and it stuck with me. Each interaction, there's a sale is made. It's either you made the sale or the person sold to you. Like she sold you the idea that she didn't have the money, you believed it. So you let her off the hook. And, you know, it could have been the other way around that she would have organized whatever she needed to organize to be able to get to your services and to work with you, then you would have sold her. 
So whatever it is, and it could be like your kids are not going to bed on time or they don't do their homework or they do, it's the, it, it is a sale. So we are selling all day long, but we are just not aware of it. I like to call it, we're either enrolling people in, in getting what they want or we're allowing their obstacles that we're, we're enrolled in their obstacles. Yeah. So I love that we have the power to enroll people in getting what they want. And if it's a good fit, you can be the person that helps them get there. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. For me, it's like it needs to be the perfect fit. Otherwise, both parties are not getting out of it what they could be. So I always make sure, especially if it's one-on-one, that I have my so-called soulmate clients, right? That I have a big smile on my face when I see their appointment coming through to my calendar or like in the session, after the session, before the... It's it's just so much fun. If I wouldn't want them to join me at dinner, then they might not be the perfect person. And I think then both parties are better off finding somebody else. And I'm always happy to recommend other resources if I feel like I don't even want to take on that job. It would feel heavy. So you, you, you said something with your bold goal challenge that I like. So just having the idea makes you another person and then finding ways to, you know, or to prioritize that what we value most that we put time in while if we are not really committed, just interested, it kind of, you know, stays on the to-do list, right? I just cleaned up my to-do list like a week ago. It was like, ah, come on. (laughs) It's been on there too long. So just forget it. Just go with something that excites me. What, What was the very first thing that you have ever sold in your life? Ooh, honestly, it was way before I ever was a, a business owner. Oh, yeah. And I was Very seven good. years old. Yeah, seven. I was seven years old and I sold the neighborhood kids on the vision of putting on a Jerry Lewis carnival with me because I had a vision of getting on the TV show. Like there was a reward that they were trying to inspire the kids in, in our community. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. They were inspiring the kids to be involved in, in charity and fundraising and I wanted to do that. I wanted to make a difference, but I also, I wanted to be on TV. Like that was so my cool. driving force. <laughs> so I sold them and my family and everybody I talked to on coming and participating or volunteering at this, you know, event. So we could all raise this money and I could win. And I did. I won. I won the spot on the TV show. <laughs> Congratulations. But, you know, I think it taught me something very valuable. First of all, I was, I was labeled as bossy, which we now know as leadership. <laughs> and, you know, I was committed to leading and inspiring others to get to outcomes that I believed were a win-win for all of us. And I think that that was a skill that when I really embraced it instead of seeing it as a bad thing, because, you know, a lot of people were uncomfortable with that. And I probably didn't have the best approach at that time. But, you know, when you, when you lean into those natural parts of you and you lean into the part of you that already is enrolling people in the vision or in the outcome, you are unstoppable. And so I use that over and over and over again in my business when I really learned how to hold space for people to make those decisions. And by the way, Christine, this will make you laugh. I don't think I've ever told you this. I was the person when I started my business 
that had this belief that if you build it, they will come. And I was absolutely not selling anyone to anyone. It was slimy. It was icky. Like I had all this stuff around it. I'm like, I am not doing that. And I eventually realized like that is the path to being broke and stuck, Mm -hmm. which I was. And it was me like shifting and valuing the profitability and the prosperity part of business that changed my outcome. I literally, within nine months of having my own mindset reshift, I went from being stuck at $1,000 a month, which I was working very hard for, to breaking six figures Mm. because I was willing to do things I had been unwilling to do. I went from being interested to committed. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. What, what was it that got you out of it? Like what was there like a defining moment or I don't know, a coach, a program, like what, what was it that actually moved you? Because I know so many listeners are, well, hopefully not exactly what you just described a little bit better off, but they still have that struggle. They love what they do, but you know, they expect people to come instead of making invitations. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a kind of a two part thing. Uh, the first part was I went through a training program. Um, it's similar to one I teach in my business now where I had to learn how to think really differently because I was trained to be an employee Yeah, and that was the way I thought. Like I thought like an employee would think inside my business, <laughs> which meant I was also working like 80 hours a week. And then Um, When I went through that program, I realized I had to be willing to do some things differently. I realized that one common trait of people who consistently made high six and seven figures, which was what my goal was, was um, they had leverage. And so then I started to look at like, what would leverage look like for me? And I, so I implemented a a group coaching program and I hired help. And so I kind of look at it as the one, two punch. Like I had to change my thinking to be Mm -hmm. willing yeah. To, to see that as the next step. And then when I was like, all right, well, what's it going to take? Like, and I was all in, I'm like, well, this is what successful people do. I did it. And I didn't like, I was afraid, but I didn't let fear make the decision. Cause if I had, I wouldn't have done it. Cause I didn't know how to afford it or how to do any of it. But I said, all right, so what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And that's how I, and and I ended up like being places, meeting people that opened up these fortuitous, magical, you know, connections that if I hadn't just followed the next step, I would have missed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, you've, you've started the journey. You Mm -hmm. were committed and doors were opening, right? Some doors probably were closed, but that's, that's life. If you, if you don't do anything, if you sit on your couch, well then, you know. Or if you let fear define it, right? Like yeah. maybe we, can we talk about fear for a minute? Cause I yeah, think I'd love it's to. so yeah. big and you know, whatever role you're in, in life, fear is, fear is one of those things where if we believe fear long enough, then we buy into fear and then we let our decisions be shaped by fear. Mm. And trust me, I know this one really intimately because I faced fear many times, many, many, many times I was programmed you know, as a child around fear. And so fear was like a natural reaction to things for me. And so I really had to start pulling apart, like what's fear and what's the part of me that just knows this isn't right. And many, many times it was just fear. Fear was bigger than my commitment. And this is another really important piece of this puzzle is 
are you letting fear be bigger than your commitment? Because it, you will talk yourself out of anything if it is. Yeah. Oh, you, totally. I totally agree. So two questions on that one. The first one, how do you make the difference of if it's fear or if, it's, if you already know deep inside it's not good for you? And the second one, how do you keep people that are programmed for fear, but let's say they are part of your family. So, you know, you cannot just delete the phone number and cut off everything. How can you protect yourself? Because they bring fear naturally with them because they always worry about you. Oh, boy, you're going deep, aren't you? <laughs> no. Um, okay, so at the first question, let me get that one, was just quick, quick synopsis of the first part of the question. The, the, I got very connected to the second. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. The difference between um, ah, you fear know, and, in the and way and, and the deep knowing that it's not good for you to do whatever it is. Um, I think this is a muscle we all have to build ourselves, right? And, and what's, what's fear for me may be intuition for you. And so we have to know for ourselves, it's very hard to ask for advice. When my clients come to me, I do not give them advice. I teach them how to build this muscle for themselves. So I think part of it is energy. You know, is this idea expansive, exciting, and inspiring to you? Or are you like, do you think it's like the worst idea on the planet and the idea of being at the end of it and having that be your reality feels like you would be in jail, right? Like, does it feel like a prison to you? And then digging a little bit deeper into that, if it feels bad and it's constricting you and it feels oppressive, you have to ask yourself, is there anything that would shift about the goal? Because if it's something you think like this should be something I want, you have to ask yourself, is there anything about that I could shift in the way I would achieve it that would allow it to feel exciting and inspiring? So for some people, the idea of growing their business to you know, double it or triple it feels scary because the way they've done it up to now is overwhelming. So they're going to see that as like, a, like that's a, that just feels um, very constrictive. I feel um, like I might as well like cut off my arms. I don't want that. Right. Yeah. But if we say, well, is there a way you could get there and it would feel exciting? They're like, yeah, well, if I didn't have to do a, B and C. So that's where leverage comes in. That's where delegating or building a team or looking at how to redesign the model. So that's one way. It's literally about what is the message you're giving yourself about it. And if you really want this thing, but you're shutting down and you're not doing it, you have to ask yourself, why do you really want it? Is it truly aligned with your values or is it a big should? You think you should do it. And I've actually had to unravel several bold goals over the years because it was actually somebody else's dream that I just stepped into. Yeah. And then give yourself permission to go, that's not really where I want to go. And that's okay. Like be willing to let go of those shoulds to make room for what really does become that magnet that pulls you forward in the world. Now, do you want me to tackle number two or do you want to say anything yeah. before I move on? <laughs> no, it was it's so profound. I love it. Yeah, let's check on number two before we wrap up because I think that is something a lot of people have a challenge with. Mm -hmm. And I mean... I'm still challenged <laughs> and, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's, it's definitely something that I feel would be good advice for, for all the listeners. Yeah. 
So I think there's two ways this shows up for people. One is you have chronically negative family or friends that you are, like you said, you're not going to not be with them. So you have to figure out how to manage yourself. And then there's the people who truly care about you and they're afraid because they see where you're at right now. And what they're really saying is they're afraid because they don't share your values. Um, I'm going to tackle the first one because the other one's kind of a bigger conversation. But let me just say that when you get really good at understanding your values and the other people's values, you can actually enroll them, aka sell them, on your process. But you have to get to shared values. And that's, that's part of um, how I teach in my programs is how do you really connect with people there? But let's just talk about chronically negative people. There's a couple things. One of them's kind of funny. <laughs> You know, I, I believe that energy is in all of us, right? And we have to be responsible for our own energy and that we can actually manage other people's energies when they're not compatible with ours. And one of those is like, we kind of have to do what's called shield work. We have to put up uh, imaginary shields. And, and so one of the ways I was taught to do this was putting on what I call the community condom. So think about it. A condom lets the good stuff in and keeps the bad stuff out. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny metaphor and my clients roll in laughter when I suggest it to them, but it really works. And I've worked with several very well-known speakers over the years who are like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed with all this energy coming at me and these toxic people that are trying to like, you know, get all of the stuff they can out of me when I come off stage. And I would teach this to them and they come back to me later and they're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. Like I, I can actually connect with someone and and like have a conversation and then disconnect and walk away without feeling so drained. And so I think when we're dealing with chronically negative people, we have to remember that they're fear-based and we're, we're operating in a different space and we can make requests. Like we can say things like, um, so this conversation doesn't feel supportive to me. And if they can't hear that, you know, we can say, um, you can actually just stop talking to them about those particular subjects. I had a woman who she really wanted to get her business off the ground, but she would go spend time with her parents and they were in so much fear that they would literally like just destroy her, her morale. So I taught her how to say, you know, I know you love me and you're trying to support me, but this isn't helpful. So I'd prefer not to talk about it anymore. Yeah. And then put the community condom on. <laughs> yeah, that's, such, that's such good advice. That. Yeah. You have this wonderful gift for us where people can actually go to a questionnaire to get clarity on where they might be stuck. And then you even offer your book, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Let us know where people can go and find you. Yeah. Um, the link is melaniebenson.com forward slash heart cells. And I know you'll put that in the show notes. Yes. And what it is, it's called my, your hidden profit trains. And it's a series, it's about seven questions that I'll ask you to help you uncover what is really in the way of you achieving your goals, your financial success, you know, really taking things to the next level. And once you know, and it may be a combination. So there's, there's always the, it's several things. Once you know what's really, you know, is there a mindset, is there a belief, is there a habit, then we can start to construct a path of the right mindset that will support you, of shattering the beliefs that are holding you back, of creating habits that will help propel you instead of hold you back or hold you hostage where you are right now. 
And then of course my book Reward for Wealth, I'll gift to you to once you take the quiz so you can go a little bit deeper with all of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I love this conversation and I'm trying to figure out how I can get the next one, but we, we were <laughs> Are we doing a part three? <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 I, I think you deliver so much value and, you know, having these bold goals, starting to dream again was for me like a game changer. Mm-hmm. And as you said in the in the episode before, you, most people are trained for being an employee. So once when you start your business, you probably think like an employee because you haven't been retrained, right? Your boss is not going to retrain you to be an you know an entrepreneur. So like, find, like finding these ways would be really really wonderful. Yeah, let's let's train ourselves to be what we want to be, not what we were before. And we we can do that. You know, there's yeah. tools out there and I know you have tools, I have tools. Um, but you have to say yes to that. You have to be committed. Yes. You have to say yes to yourself, otherwise it's not working. Say yes to success. Oh my gosh, that was really bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, say, you know, like um I always love to say like follow your heart. Yeah. Because it it knows. It knows what you want to do. It it knows what puts a smile on your face and makes it sing. And and when you are in this energy and this frequency, things will be so much easier. Yes. And sometimes you have to overcome the challenge and leave the fear behind. So that's what it takes. <laughs> or at least understand what fear is trying to reveal to you. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for having been on Hard Cells. And yeah, can't wait for our next conversation. Me too. Thank you. Well, I guess now we are all clear on how to set a bold goal, how the money game works, and also that we shouldn't be enrolled in other people's obstacles. I really had fun with Melanie. I hope you too. And you took away some really great golden nuggets that you can use in your business, in your life. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and find Melanie's episode and have the show notes all the resources and links that lead to her with just one click. And while you're over there, benefit from the free course I'm offering you right now. It's called Sales Journaling to Success. You get one sales journaling prompt each and every day for 30 days with some ideas around it and some experience around it. Basically, it's what I used to make millions in sales. And I'm sharing this in this free course to support you to get your message, your services, your products to the world because the world needs that very special gift that you have. And it's basically your obligation to give it to the people who really need it. And I know that's why you are here. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and sign in for the free course and let me know how that works, how it shifted your mindset from a sales mindset to a sales success mindset. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in and have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world.